Hey everyone, welcome to the Libra Lounge with Keisha podcast. Today is our 100th episode. And to my dismay, there's like no, no balloons, ain't no champagne. Did you at least give me a card or something? Uh, yeah, there's one in the back. Just no congratulations. Did you do, do I get some money or something? Um, actually we do have a sponsor this week. Oh, so. okay. Okay. All right. But is the money coming directly to me and just the talent? Well, it's going to the business. Fuck that shit. Bitch needs to start getting paid. <laughs> um, anyway, so we are super, super excited. Um, we have been doing this podcast for two years. Um, and let me say that when we started, we did not know what we were doing. But fortunately, you fools assume that we did. So um, it has been a wild ride. We have had some amazing guests. We've had some horrible guests. And uh, this has given me an opportunity to really meet people from all walks of life. I mean, everywhere from local politicians to porn stars to reality TV stars. Um, it's been great. So, you know, sometimes it's, uh, when you've got a passion, sometimes you just kind of lose motivation a little bit. And I have lost it sometimes along the way a few times, but producer James being who he is, um, just keeps on pushing, keeps on pushing. And I always tell people, um, if it were not for producer James, the Libra Lounge with Keisha would air maybe like three times a year, because that's like the only time I'm in a good mood, maybe three times a year. And it would be recorded on an iPhone, and it would just be on Instagram, like, because I wouldn't know where to how, to, how to get it out to everyone else. There would be no intro. There would be no commercial breaks. We do commercials, not commercials. Um, so he is really the, the he, you don't got, you guys don't see him very often, but he most definitely is the foundation of the Libra Lounge with Keisha. It's just so funny because even like our lighting has changed. When we first got started, we, I think we were just, we were in a studio in our home. Not even a studio, like just a loft. A loft. It's a, we have the... a loft above our bedroom and that is where it was. We didn't know how to do a, a real studio. Uh, our set was a big ass picture of me and I figured <laughs> what greater thing to look at than a picture of me. So it has been a wild ride and we are just going to keep on going until we're on TV. <laughs> exactly. Come on, give us a show, please. Um, so tonight um, we're going to switch things around a little bit. Uh, after the gap, producer James is actually going to interview me. Look, he didn't give me any show notes. He gave me no topics. I don't know what the fuck he's going to ask me, but just know in true Libra Lounge fashion, a fight could break out at any time if he asked me the wrong damn thing. If he asked me the wrong thing, he says the wrong thing, a full blown fight will occur. And all I said can ask you guys to do is just to please put it on World Star so it can go viral <laughs> so that more people can see it. So anyway, let's get to it. If you are a friend of the Libra Lounge, which I hope that you are, it is time for The Gap. We know she has a really big mouth, which sounds kind of dirty, and that's probably true, too. 
Let's gossip the gab with Keisha. All right. So <laughs> I've got to make mention of this. Um, if you follow us on social media, you may have noticed that there was a little bit of an abs uh, absence. Uh, did I, is that the right absence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't really get any posts for about probably a good week and a half, two weeks. And here's why. This is, do we have like a PSA music? Because this is a PSA announcement. Yeah, I can put a little PSA in it. Okay. My people. People of all colors, all creeds, all walks of life, life, all sexes, all of God's little children. Do not ever, and I mean ever, ever let your doctor give you a flu shot, a pneumonia shot, and a tetanus shot in the same day. The motherfuckers tried to kill me, y'all. I was literally bedridden for two weeks. Uh, I think part of the problem was that, first of all, that shit hurts. And then... Is it fair to say maybe it kicked in a little bit of a lupus flare up too? I think it's pretty fair. It, it was it was it was bad. And producer James, when did you know things were really bad? How were you able to say, man, she's fucked up? I knew this was a really serious situation. <laughs> and at about nine p.m. at night, we're both laying in bed, and you told me, "Hold me." So for our listeners that maybe are new, Keisha's not the most I don't know, like loving thing on no. the earth. Mm -hmm. So for her to say to me, because she sleeps as far across the king size <laughs> bed as she possibly can, um, she would build a pillow fort if it was too obvious. I, I normally do have a little pillow. It is like the wall of Jericho between <laughs> us. I don't, I don't, I don't cuddle. I hugs, kisses, snuggles are reserved for puppies and children. I openly and willingly give them to you know those little folks but big people now it's too hot so as soon as she said hold me yeah i knew things were really bad um i'm just gonna give a few few highlights of the things that kicked into motion after this this these series of shots um first thing uh my lip notes swole really large and i had a breakout acne breakout that would be the envy of any 12 year old jacking off kid playing begging his mom for a nintendo what is the playstation 5 who eats pizza pepperoni and pepperoni pizza not just any pizza not gluten-free not vegetarian pepperoni pizza the kind that you really should get a napkin and press it and get all that grease off um and mountain dew um breakout and then my lip node right here it it, it 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 there was a it looked like i swallowed a, a a large golf ball um then there was a time that uh uh for about three days i took showers and i took baths but i didn't bathe um so there was a highly suspicious smell around the house and i i know what it was um, then there was the time that I got pissed off at everyone and cussed them out and told them to leave me alone. And I was stuck in the bathtub for 15 minutes. I couldn't get out. I don't know what a gunshot feels like, but I'm pretty willing to bet 
that the arm that I got the pneumonia and the flu shot in, it felt like someone had an AR and shot me with it in the arm. It, it was painful. I couldn't move it. It couldn't be touched. Um, what were some of the other things? I couldn't eat. Bitch lost like 15 pounds. Um, I had fever. It was bad. It was, it was, it was bad. I, I think I told James at one point, if COVID is like anything like this, just let me die. I, I actually told him one day, just put me out of my misery. I don't care how you do it. Just you, you can just whatever rat poison me. Nothing could be worse than what is going on right now. Um, what I, those are the those are the really good highlights. Yeah, I mean there was some diarrhea. Oh there. yes, there was diarrhea. Yeah. There was vomiting. There was uh, malnutrition. Uh, there was abnormal hair growth on the face. <laughs> I I basically was Stripe the Gremlin the, when he when uh -huh. he got water on him. That was me. Um, I was fucked up from the flow up from the from, what is it what is it saying from the toe up to from the, the toe, toe up. up to the flow i mean it was bad i had no energy even the animals would come in the room and like sit around like watching a vigil you know like when they hear uh, stories about like cats and dogs who can sense impending death yes like that's what your animals were doing to you yeah uh liam our cat every morning basically would bitch are you dead or alive Bitch, bitch you up, <laughs> bitch. I think I wore the same pair of panties for about a week. I was disgusting, <laughs> just was totally disgusting, didn't care, was mad at the world. Um, I, 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 I cried, I, it was horrible. Just, 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 I'm not taking a COVID vaccine. Ain't no way, ain't no how. They, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Put me in a bubble. I, I don't know. I'm not taking the COVID vaccine. Uh, first of all, y'all got that vaccine together way too quick for me. And I would like to see, I'm going to have to actually have living recorded proof of you giving the COVID vaccine to someone and they don't die. I, 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 I feel like the if, if I got that fucked up over those vaccines that we've had for many, 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 many years, I guarantee you there's going to be a large amount of people walking around with three eyes, four arms, like three knees on each leg with the COVID vaccine. Remember in the movie Blade where yes. they got the, uh, the, the EDTA? Yes. That's what it's going to be. There's people exploding. Just exploding. <laughs> be like, oh, uh, well, let me just go ahead and put that, you know, one of the side effects. You might fucking explode. Um, and I'm not against vaccination. I'm all, all for vaccination until about two weeks ago. So anyway, um, I was, however, able to kind of sort of get out of bed and make it to the living room to watch the Tyson Jones fight. Uh, I was so excited about it. Um, so we ordered it. Um, that was some really good entertainment. Uh, I, we, we love going to shows, whether it's, you know, we love going to the movies, theater, concerts. We've gone to freak shows, all kinds of things. So we haven't been able to do that shit this year. So this was really exciting. And the fact that Mike Tyson was getting back into the ring after 15 years, 15 years 
Okay, so we didn't, no one really knew what the setup was going to be for the match um, until we actually started seeing it. I cannot remember the people who actually put on this fight, but they did a really damn good job. Like, it kind of brought me out of a little bit of a, a COVID depression that we've all been in. There was good entertainment. They did the very best that they could with what they were given and not having an audience out there. Um, so it's pretty much, what was it? One, two, three, four fights before the the real show. Right. Okay. And in between each fight, Mario Lopez was uh, actually the host. I guess this motherfucker just not going to age at all. He don't age. He don't. No, and, and, and neither does Sugar Ray Leonard. True. Because Sugar Ray Leonard, one a boxing legend, was there to do commentary. And I'm like, 64? I'm like, what the fuck? Where? What? Show me your balls. Do your balls look 64? Because none of this looks 64, Sugar Ray. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you got sugar and chocolate in your blood. Um, the I, I didn't know. I, I knew some of the hip-hop artists that performed. I think French Montana was the first one. They had, uh, who was that? Future was on there. And Future had the biggest blunt I've ever seen. Yeah, that wasn't blunt. That was thick and wide. I was just, it looked like when you, a sage bundle it was that <laughs> big. I just kind of got as close to the television as I could, hoping that I could get high on contact in any kind of way. Um, I, there was a couple of other people that I didn't know. I think Wiz Khalifa. Was there? Wait, was that Wiz? No, that was Wiz Khalifa. It wasn't. It wasn't Future. It was Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Neo saying the Neo uh, saying the national anthem. He didn't do that great of a job. Y'all know I go back and forth with with Neo because I'm just really ready for him to come out of the closet. Like, look, motherfucker, how many women's lives are you gonna ruin getting with them, having babies with them, marrying them? Well, you know, you just want to be with a man, be with a man. It's all good. Uh, And then we had Snoop Dogg who performed right before Tyson and Jones uh, took the ring. Now, they also had lots of uh, behind-the-scenes interviews that they did with the fighters. It it was really good. Now, the first two guys that fought, I don't know who they were, but I know my 18-year-old daughter was bigger than the both of them. I'm like, who the fuck are these? And one of the guys had the longest pair of arms I've ever seen. I'm like, he... Looked like when Caesar, Caesar the monkey from, you know, Planet of the Apes would stand up and his arms like like that. That's all you saw was arms. That that was that kid. Um, and he lost. So having long arms is not really uh, needed for boxing. Um, then we had another fight. And then we had the fight that shook the world. It shook the world. Forget uh, Frazier Ali. Forget all of those. Because we had... We had Nate Robinson, former NBA, uh, a celebrated NBA player. Like, he has some records for, like, dunks or, and some, some stuff like that. And then that little uh, weird-looking motherfucker, Jake Paul, from YouTube. They fought. Um... I'd never seen Nate Robinson before, but I just got to be honest. The motherfucker looked like he had already been knocked out before he even got in the ring. What is wrong with his face? What is that? What What are you mixed with? Like, it looks like he is mixed with every African tribe that ever was. Okay. And then um, at this, this huh, at, his face looks like 
everybody on the Amistad book. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he looked like he was straight from the motherland. And I'm like, okay, okay, I don't know this dude, but I'm looking at his list here, listening to the list of achievements that he has. I'm like, oh, this is going to be real good. I know he's about to win. Who plays in bed? So, you know, you know, whatever. So then Jake Paul comes and his his music is, uh, uh, what is it? We're playing basketball. You know, it's like, we're playing basketball. And by that point, Snoop Dogg was helping with the commentary. Which was gold. And his quote was, he got the right music. I knew then we were in trouble because Snoop was right. The white boy did have the right music. I don't exactly know. I don't know where everything just went wrong, but it went wrong. It went as fucking wrong as something can go. And it went wrong really quick. Before Jake Paul KO'd Nate Robinson, he had knocked him down a couple of times. Didn't he knock him down like twice? I think he knocked him down uh, once in the first round and maybe one more time or, or twice in the second round before he knocked him out. I mean, the first time he knocked him out, I felt the spirit of all my black ancestors saying, get up. <laughs> get up. Get up. And he got up, but he went right back down. <laughs> when Jake Paul knocked him, it was the third round, was it? Second round. Se it's like middle of the second round. Look, all I know is that if I were in charge of anything having to do with the NBA, Nate Robinson's manager or publicist, whomever, would have immediately gotten a phone call from my assistant saying, quit telling people you was part of the NBA. We're going to need you to do that immediately. In fact, we're going to go ahead and send you a check to pay you for your silence to stop telling the world you were part of the NBA. It was just like, how the fuck do you let a YouTube star knock you out? And, and here's the thing. Yeah, Jay Paul has been training for about two years, but neither one of those motherfuckers could box. That no. was not a boxing match. No, that was very, That very was minimal. a playground fight. That was a <laughs> playground fight. And uh, it, the, Jay Paul was the new kid to the all black school who everybody thought went about shit and then he like beat up the foot the captain of the football team i still am just i mean literally i think we scream like what the fuck just happened yep and then it wasn't like he just got knocked out it was like real dramatical he got knocked the, <laughs> the fuck, fuck out, out. Yeah. yeah, like he got knocked the fuck out and was he was laid out. Yeah, sometimes you see a knockout and the guy will sit there for a couple of seconds. They'll call the fight and then he'll kind of like, you know, ease his way back up. None of no, that, no. Nate Robinson was out he, 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 for some he time. Was out. I, I, I believe he's still there <laughs> in the ring. <laughs> they didn't take him out. They just rolled him, him out to the they floor. They just rolled him on <laughs> to, the, you know, to the corner. Um and then we had, um, you know, I love the fact that Snoop Dogg did like a catalog of his greatest hits. And then um, we had the main event, which was uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. I will say this, that I can appreciate Roy Jones Jr. because he never, ever, ever, ever tried to take any kind of credit away from Mike Tyson. He basically said, I'm scared of this motherfucker. 
I, I'm in the boxing ring with only one thing. I'm not even trying to win. Like, I'm not trying to win. I'm just trying not to get that. Is it the left? That might be, doesn't Tyson do one to the body and then one to the face and then you're out? It doesn't matter. With it, don't matter. it don't matter. It, you, you don't want to get hit in the fucking head by Mike Tyson. I'll tell you that. And you don't want to get your ear bit off as well. Um, Mike Tyson came out with uh, some fucking, they, they both came out to their own music. That's some shit I would do for sure. Now we're going to play my song. Um, I think, wasn't Mike Tyson singing his own song? Yeah, Mike, Roy Jones Jr., I think Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> rapped his whole song. Yeah. And I think Mike Tyson did little snippets on the song. He was his own hype man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the kind of shit. Cheer for your own self, even if you Mike Tyson. Um, you still got to clap for your own self because 2020 is a year of hateration. But he came out with these short-ass shorts, and I'm like, I thought Mike had a little bit of why his shorts so short, Mike. Like, did they run out of material? Is the rest of the material stuck in customs from China? Like, why are your shorts so short? Which it really didn't even fucking matter. Um, it was a good fight. They went all eight rounds. Um, I felt every punch that Tyson made. I think, you know, the rules was no knockdown, uh, no knockouts. It was supposed to be like heavy sparring. Yeah, and but I you think, don't you don't spar with Mike Tyson. In fact, yeah. they said said during one of the interviews that his sparring what is it sparring coach his partner had to get, had like, to get sur surgery surgery because he was holding that big ass pad and Mike was hitting it and he had to have shoulder surgery. I'm like, damn, how much they pay the pad? Can I be the pad next time? Like, how much how much does the pad get paid? Um, Mike, <laughs> the funniest shit was that I think had they not, if they could have kept fighting, Mike would still be fighting. He wasn't tired. He didn't know. He, he, looked, know. he looked great. Roy I mean, Jones he... Jr. looked like somebody put a two buckets of water over his head. That was just at the first round. Um, I was like, oh. Yeah, Tyson looked like at any moment, if he just decided to, he, he would have just dropped joints. Like, he, he looked yeah. like... You ever seen a tiger and like this and the tiger walks up knowing you give me one chance mm -hmm. i will murder everybody mm -hmm. that's what tyson looked like the entire fight and i think at some point because roy jones jr is a fan of mike tyson's and that was pretty evident by the amount of hugging that he did to mike tyson <laughs> during the match i'm like god damn how many hugs you gonna give him like let him go like can, please can someone help mike Mike needs hug uh, help because he is being attacked by hugs from Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> did someone tell? Did someone explain him. the rules? Like why they were there? They weren't there. It was like he. It was like it was a Care Bear scene where it was hug a lot Care Bear. I'm like, let him fucking go, Roy. I don't think. I, I think Roy did the right thing. I'm like, yeah. when Mike punches a couple times, you better like get in and break that shit up before he, he gets yeah, back into 1980s. Yeah, yeah. And, and Roy did a very good job of not pissing Mike the fuck off. He, my, Roy Jones might go down as the smartest motherfucking boxer of all time. He managed to get in the ring with Mike Tyson. And Mike looked good. Mike had lost 100 pounds. Uh, but now we know that Mike was also motherfucking high. Because that's how I would have been if I was about to box somebody. I mean, look, here's the thing. Mike Tyson got a guaranteed $10 million. 
just for getting in the ring. And Jones got, was it one or three million? Somewhere between one and three. Yeah, so I would have been just hugging Mike, too. I was just hugging. Hug hey, when we get done, you want to go some, some weed in the back? I mean, <laughs> I got some questions I want to ask you. Mike, I've admired you for many, many years. Um, first, I want to ask you a couple of questions about, did you really beat up Robin Givens when y'all was married? Was that bitch lying? Because we all think that bitch was lying. Um, it was, it was, it was good. It was entertainment. It was uplifting. To me, it was the equivalent of uh, Sylvester Stallone getting on the phone, and he called um, Dolph Lundgren. Then Dolph Lundgren he called uh, Terry Crews and said, "Terry, okay, so dial uh, dial Bruce Willis's number." So then he got Bruce Willis on the call, and then Bruce said, "Hey, hey, Arnold over here." So Arnold go pick up the other house phone, and it said, "Ty goes, going to do a movie together, guys." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like look we are children of the 80s and the 90s so you have people like sylvester stallone rocky we grew up on that these were like our these were our legends like mike tyson is a legend so to see him get back in the ring after 15 years and to look good and real to move, good real and to, good and to take it seriously and he ain't, I mean, he ain't even look high no i'm an expert in hiation and I didn't even know he was high. I couldn't even tell. And then James told me next, I was like, oh, okay, that explains a lot. Because, I mean, the motherfucker didn't sweat. And he really, the only white moisture on his face came from Roy or the water bottle. That, the, that, that was it. From the sweat from Roy's face. From the sweat. It was, it was transfer sweat. It wasn't Mike's sweat on Mike's face. That was all Roy Jones' sweat. Secondhand sweat. Yeah. Um, and again, then we had Snoop Dogg giving commentary. At one point... Snoop said, get your ribs out that ring, Roy. Get your ribs off that pit. The pit being Mike Tyson's fist. Um, so it was good. It was good entertainment. It was a nice break away from... Everything. Yeah. I, I, I honestly feel like we all needed that. It was well worth the $50. Like, they could have charged more for that because... It was straight up entertaining. It, the, 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 they did an excellent job. Um, when we get back from this break, uh, producer James is going to interview me for our 100th episode. We'll be right back. Ladies, do things seem a bit off down there? If you're dealing with odor or excessive itch, you're not alone. One in three women, including myself, are doing the same. It's time we remove the mystery from feminine health and confront it head on. Meet Flower Power, a natural vegan vaginal suppository that helps rebalance things quickly and easily. Flower Power contains boric acid, an oceanic mineral that has been used for hundreds of years for its acidic, antiviral, and antifungal properties. Our products are backed by doctors, cruelty-free, vegan, and made in the USA. Flower Power is simple to use and incredibly fast acting. Often a reduction in odor can be noticed in as little as one use. So what are you waiting for? Try Flower Power today at getflowerpower.com. Use code Libra to get 10% off your order. Once again, that's getflowerpower.com and use coupon code Libra. Welcome back to the Libra Lounge with Keisha. We are celebrating our 100th episode. And producer James, uh, some of y'all I don't think realize it, but he and I are like kind of married. <laughs> kind of a lot married. 
Yeah, we're married. I, some people don't know that. And some people also don't know that producer James has a real job. Like some people have thought that this was his job. I'm like, well, let's be fair. This is a job. Yes, it is a job, but it is not a paying job at all. Um, so yes, we most definitely have our nine to fives. Um, yeah. So producer James, I don't know what he's going to ask me, but I'm just telling you right now, don't piss me off because I reserved a right to snatch this mic off and walk the fuck up out of here and not talk to you for three days. I realize that. Okay, good. Let's roll. Ready. Okay. All right. So mm -hmm. how did you get started in podcasting? Um, that started with a Facebook post that was sent to me by a friend because there was a new internet radio station looking for hosts. Uh, they were looking for business owners to uh, have shows. And so I sent in a message and um, I think it was kind of like, I'm a RuPaul obsessed, ginger bearded, husband loving, black chick. And they were like, we want you to have your own show. Um, yeah, that's how we got started. So what was it like? So, okay. So you get, you get lined up to do a show. Mm -hmm. You go in, do you, do you walk in the first day and do a show or is there like a, a welcoming period? Uh, no, you did most definitely did not walk in. And uh, the first time you, we had like a meeting. Okay. We had one meeting and on my first show, one of the owners was, uh, I think for everyone's first show, he kind of did what producer James is doing now. And he interviewed the host. But this is how much I didn't know what I was doing. At that time, we had to wear, um, what do you call those? The cans, the headphones. The, the headphone cans. Well, I had mine inside out. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> waiting to start the show. And he was like, are you going to turn those around? I'm like, why? This is not how you wear them. He's like, no, and you won't be able to hear anything anyone is saying. So, yeah, it was most definitely a kind of you better figure this shit out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying there? There was not much guidance, um, but I guess I'm a quick learner. I'm a talker for damn sure. So, so what do you? Um, so after that first episode, mm -hmm. well, first. Did you enjoy the first episode? I was a nervous wreck the first episode. Um, oh, you know what? I forgot. Just remember, Skylar was on the first episode. She did a segment she on did. there, too. Um, yep. I was nervous. Um, I don't know if I enjoyed it. I was just, like, ready to get it over with. It's just like, come on, come on, come on, come on. That was, like, the longest hour. Um, after that, I was like, oh, okay. And I want to say that... That episode was probably the first and last time that I fully listened to any podcast I've ever done. I don't listen to them. I don't watch them. I did that one and I was like, fuck, I sound horrible. And so I just, I don't do it. So that's, that's a good point. Why don't you listen to what you do? Like, is it, do you think you just do it perfect in one take? Don't have to well, worry about it. Part of the thing is that I know what I said already. <laughs> Why do I need to? hear it back again why do i need to listen to me telling me what me already heard me say <laughs> so therefore i don't i don't listen to them well some people would say that you watch your own work to improve and see where you need to do things differently do things better do you just trust your producer to take that's why you that? have a motherfucking producer <laughs> i i allow the producers to do their jobs to produce and then tell me things that I did wrong and things that I did correctly. 
and then we move on. <laughs> so no, I don't, I don't listen to them now. I just, once I'm done here, I'm, I'm done with the show until the very next show. So how many episodes did you do before you kind of felt like you had your groove or you kind of had your, you were comfortable with how you were doing things? It was probably the third show. Um, because everyone was laughing so hard the whole time and they were using my show as an example of how the other people should do the shows. So y'all know that led to the, all the bitches hating me. Um, and I, 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 again, we, we, we had no guidance there. So I said for myself, I would do a show layout and which I still do a show layout for every single show. It is very professionally done. We, uh, everything's written out and we send that to our guests. And I also use the show layout every week. Um, and I was the only one who was really doing that. And I, I had to, because a lot of my show was based on celebrity news and gossip. So I had to always see like, what's going on? Who said what, who did this? Um, the hardest thing was coming up with topics and guests. Um, so I want to say the first eight shows, all the guests were my friends. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> you're coming to do the show. So we did shows about dating, um, beauty products, little people, sex. I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I even got kicked off. The, I got kicked off the air a couple of times too. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we'll get to that in just a moment, okay, great. Um, for sure. So, um, so is there anybody that you took any inspiration from in, in order to kind of do that? Or was it just to do I mean, what the show layout? Well, not the show layout, but just, um, you know, some people like me, I have people in radio mm -hmm. that I really look up to and really, you know, enjoy. Yeah. Was there anybody that you kind of drew inspiration of uh, in terms of the show, the the content, the way you approached it? No, because I'd never listened to a podcast before in my life. I'd never listened to a podcast. I just knew that I, what I like, I'm, to me, it was like, well, I'm going to talk about what I like and then that's it. And most of it was celebrity news and gossip. And then it just kind of evolved from there. But no, I think a lot of people have compared the show a little bit to uh, Wendy Williams' show. Um, I will say this. I did watch uh, Betches has some little, I, I don't know if it's, they, they do like little interviews. And so I did watch that a little bit. And I, I saw a few things that I liked. and But I didn't do the shit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, how, how did the show end up? doing like how well did it do on Great. the platform it was the number one show on the platform which for some odd reason made people jealous <laughs> well <laughs> so give the audience an idea you guys say so your show was very much entertainment yeah. comedy hot talk mm -hmm. what were some of the other shows on the platform Ooh, boring <laughs> um, we well, have... i mean what what were their topics like what were you going up so against? with me every week was a new topic so uh, some of the guests, I mean, some of the other hosts, their show was all about real estate. So every single week you talked about real estate. Uh, another person was local things going on in League City. <laughs> um, who were some of the other people? Well, you had the, the beauty boss, all beauty products, right? Beauty's talk. Mm -hmm. um, um, 
You had a... Uh, oh, you know, I would say the one show that was the most like mine uh, that we were back and forth between the the top two shows was uh, Lou and Gore. Oh, Barbershop Talk. Barbershop Talk, which uh, was just as outlandish as mine was. Um, they were like the male version of me, but they there was two of them. I did my show solo. Um, a lot of people would say that it reminded them of like the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Because it was, it's, it, it, it's raunchy, it's raw, it's petty, it's comedy. Because uh, even though I say some pretty horrible things, it's funny. So people just like, oh, she's fucking crazy, but that's funny. <laughs> um, so we just kind of kept going with that. So tell me about the episode that started the fall. Oh, okay. There, there was a fall. There was a point when shit changed. So I had a comedian, Adam Bob, who has been on the show since we've been on our own. Our good friend, Adam Bob. Our good friend, Adam Bob. And again, I, I've always done a show layout. So we were talking about sex questions, right? It was yep. sex. Yep. So I'd given all the questions to uh, the owners of the uh, radio station. I put that in air quotes. Um, and they were like, oh, okay, cool. So we were answering questions that I'd received about sex. It was going good. It was fun. It was funny. And then there was one, we talked about female ejaculation which everything was going well until Adam Bob made the <laughs> He made the squishy the sound. squishy squirt sound. <laughs> and they pulled the show off the air in the middle of the show. In the middle in of the, the middle show. In the middle of the show. Now, That's mind right. you, I'm in the studio recording. We have no idea that they have pulled off the show. And so after the show, I see my phone and people are like, what happened to the show? Because at that time, we were doing Facebook Live. Every show was Facebook Live. So people are like, what happened to the show? They took you off. And I'm like, huh? They were like, yeah, just right in the middle of the show, it, it, it was taken off. And then, of course, then I got called into the office. And uh, they're like, we're moving your show to nighttime. <laughs> yeah, it was the only nighttime show. Yeah, they, they said, we're going to move your show to nighttime. Um, yeah, that was a bit much. But I didn't say it. My guest said it. They're like, you've got to do better with controlling. How the fuck do I know what's going to come out of their mouth? <laughs> My thing is, if anything, it was the producer's fault. They should have bleeped that shit out. I mean, I didn't know he was going to make the gush sound. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I don't, I don't do. And shit. Well, and now that's like a, you can make that sound now and make it a number one hit single. Pretty much. That's what a, a lot of hip hop artists are living very fabulous lives because of that. So yeah. yeah, that was, that was the start of just. So tell me about the relationship with management after the move to nights. Cause it changed. <sighs> Oh, yeah, it changed. One of the owners was like really fucking hated everything about the show. The other one loved it. But let me just fast forward to where we are now and that station. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. It is no more. Uh, because you had one owner who was stealing, embezzling. It was, is it embezzling I think the it's correct? straight up embezzling. Embezzlement to uh, pay for his sugar baby prostitutes. Literally, like, pay that was his the name bills. Of the site. That was the name of the website. Yeah, Sugar Babies. Uh, there was no money. They were getting locked out of uh, the building. It was bad. I, I don't, I think one of the owners had to wind up putting the other owner on blast, which he did good. He had receipts. 
He even had the checks that the other guy had written. So I'm just like, mm-hmm, karma is a hoe, ain't it? You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, but I I felt so good when we were no longer part of it because it had become a great source of anxiety. Every time I would get ready to go, my stomach was hurting. I, I just dreaded it because it was, no matter how great the show was, they bitched about something. The You're better right. the show got, the more popular it got, they bitched about it more. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Your necklace is caught in the mic. You check that for me real quick. Thank you. Okay. You put it right back where it was. Okay. That's fine. Okay, good. Thank you. Stop. Okay. <laughs> you can see how much skill she learned in being a professional broadcaster from her I'm talent. I'm talent. Yep. I'm simply talent. So yeah. things went sour. Uh-huh. And how did it, because it ended. How did it end? We're canceling your show. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, was that after a show or the next day? It was like the next day after. Check this out. The motherfuckers still had me do my show for oh, that yeah. week. And then the next day, they're like, we're canceling the show. And it was supposed to be because uh, we had to each have sponsors. And I was one, I was short one sponsor. But I think they were just done with me. Because yeah. uh, I would book them on everything that they said. And it just, it was... It's hard to describe because it's just like, how do you get rid of someone for doing a good job? Because they did it too good. But then, I mean, when you, your sole purpose of going to work every day was to steal money and fuck hoes. And the other guy wasn't that much better either. Uh, former fucking cokehead uh, who's sleep with half of Clear Lake. Wow. Okay. Easy. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, no love um, lost there. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. All right. So, the axe falls. Mm -hmm. What do you think the day after the show is canceled? Do, do you think, you know, I'm done with broadcasting? No, the next week we had another show and we did it. And we never stopped, like literally, same day, same time that it would have aired on the other platform. We created our own platform. We bought equipment. I, I, yeah, I mean, we, we just did we it. We bought equipment. And we, we had the show the next together, week. And we did it remotely. Yeah, and people didn't even realize that we were no longer with that internet radio station because we never skipped a beat. Right. We were kind of mentally, I want to say things had gotten so rocky, we kind of were like each mentally preparing for this, not really talking to each other about it. So when it came time to do it, James has already had like a list of equipment he needed to get and it, we just, we kept going. Well, one of the things that um, we did while you were there that was smart that no one else did um, you were creating your own brand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, created a brand. We created created the Facebook account. Um, we had everything pretty well. Yeah. separated. Yeah, we already. Yeah, so they shit. really didn't notice. Um, whereas they were buying followers, we accumulated them on our own. Right. And I think right now we've got like over eleven thousand followers. Oh, we're on over Facebook. twelve thousand. Yeah, right. and then we were kind of late to the Instagram game because I didn't fucking understand Instagram for a very long time. It's still tricky. It's still very tricky. The the algorithms are constantly changing. It's it, they change so often that we've got like a little podcasting community here in the Houston area. You're like, what are the algorithms gonna hate on us today? Like we're like <laughs> the, the fucking algorithm. They the the al algorithms are haters. Like they constantly change. If you post too much, your shit doesn't get out there. It's just it's so. Yeah. It's, it's just it's stupid. So yeah. all right, so we got the show. 
relaunched yes. as a Libra Lounge with Keisha uh -huh. on her own. Uh -huh. So tell me about the first like setup. Like how did we, how did it feel to you when we relaunched it? The first show was actually at that place that I'm going to not mention the name where that bitch who had to leave to go cuss out. Remember, we yeah, used her place to do it and it felt really good. I was nervous. I was scared because... We were doing it on our own. We didn't know if the equipment was going to work right. We didn't know if the lighting was going to be good. We didn't know how to do it. was just a lot of fear, but it turned out to be a really great show. And it was live. We and did it was that live. show live. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So tell me about our first studio. Our first actual <laughs> studio um, in our house, in the master bedroom, there is a second uh, set of stairs that leads up to a loft, which I guess whenever the builders made the house, maybe that was supposed to be like a, a nursery or something like that. Or an office or like a quiet yeah. space. Yeah, we know. literally had, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not COVID, just a cough. Uh, we literally had a desk, a mic, and a big ass poster, a picture of me taken with an iPhone. You know, the same black and white one that we got printed out at Walgreens. That was it. And I think we had like some pink shit up there or something like that. That was it. Yep. Our, our set has changed a lot over the years. We still have just not gotten the perfect set. We're still <laughs> struggling with that, but that's what it was. So each one of our guests were having to come to our home, not just to our home, walk through our bedroom every week to get into our studio in the loft. What part did you hate about that the most? Because I had to clean up my room <laughs> every Wednesday because people it, had to walk through. I loved it, by the way. And I finally said, this is some bullshit. I'm tired of having to do this. I'm done. You better find us a fucking space. Um, so let's talk about our guests a little bit. Because, oh uh, you know, because we had we had guests come in for the show. Mm -hmm. What, you know, what was the most like, I guess the way to like the weirdest so we had guests in that first home studio mm -hmm. and we had a few different kinds. Which, mm -hmm. which one do you think was probably the most like weird, unusual to have in your house? Ooh, probably the porn star. Mm -hmm. Um, most of the time it was women because they would come in the house and then it's like, you're going into a bedroom and I would literally have to take turn around and say, there's not a sex dungeon we're going to record the show. It's upstairs. And then people would say, oh, this is so cool. But I will say Kelly Provocateur was probably the most. Um, it was the most like. A porn star was in my yeah. bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, and I will say for in her case, you know, whenever we have a guest, we kind of have to research it a little bit. So I like had seen her pussy. <laughs> yes. And her uh, abnormally large clit, which is what she's famous for. So yeah, that was really, that was kind of like, there was a porn star right here. Like, could she smell the lack of sex in this room? <laughs> <laughs> just walked in like, this is just sad. This is sad. I can tell that there's no tying up or swinging from the silly fan <laughs> going on in here. There's just plain old boring sex. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I would say that was kind of weird. Um, then we had one show, we remember we had like, it was like 12 people in there. We had a bunch. Yeah, we had, at one time, it was it was time to move on. It was time to move on from that. Yeah, most definitely. So. And then, then the animals in the house. Oh, yeah. Then oh, they God. started interrupting. 
they, because they wanted to be on a podcast too. That's how so many people know Sushi the Toy Poodle because he was a frequent guest on the show. Whether he was in there or not, you heard him because he wanted to be heard. Then we had a couple of times the cat would jump on the, uh, in the middle of the show, jump off the desk and get right in my face, like, make me move. Oh, yeah. You're recording. I will call Sarah McLaughlin and all her people and let them know what you did to me. So it was just like, I'm done. It's, <laughs> we got to get up out of here. So we did. So yes. how did that come about? How did we get out of there? Uh, it's the same way we do everything. It's like a harebrained idea that I have. I tell him and then we just go on to it. So, um, yeah. So anyway, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Libra Lounge with Keisha. Uh, so while on break, producer James says, how's it going so far? I'm like, well, you're, Questions could be a little more entertaining and less boring. So he's supposed to be stepping it up right now. So let's see what he got. <laughs> okay. So why is being a complete bitch on the air the best thing ever? I mean, I'm, it's, it's natural. Like, okay. I, it, there's not like, okay, so my on-air persona is a little bit more turned up than like my normal, but it's pretty much the same person. Um. I, my raunchy, raw, comedic side, I get to express it more here. Um, but I'm pretty much the same person, on and off. So what have you learned about having guests? Because we have learned some lessons about guests. Uh, every guest is not a good guest. Uh, there are some pretty fucking boring people in the world, and we've had some of them on the show. Um, what do you do when someone's just a bore? I try to tell them during a the break, calm down. It's a conversation. Answer the like, yes. Answer the question, but you can add things to com conversational because I'm getting bored. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but I have learned since then how to carry my own show, regardless of how good or how bad the guest is. I still take control of the show. That was back then where I was just like, kind of scared a little bit, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we've got some um, odd guests, uh, and then we've had some. Beyond, we've had some guests who have become friends. Um, we have had some really good, some guests that it's like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. Um, yeah, so it just it just depends on the exchange of energies, really. Yeah, I mean, some guests that we've had uh, have become friends, like you said. Yeah. Some are been celebrities that yeah. you still keep in contact with. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, uh, who are some of those that you still, we had on the show. That uh, you... I talked to, like, you know, on social yeah. media, Erica Rose, who has been on The Bachelor, um, You're Cut Off, and um, she's going to be on Below Deck Med Mediterranean here in April, and that was my first total fangirl moment, because I loved you're cut off. Um, it was a reality show on VH1. So to have Erica Rose, who is also an attorney here in the Houston area, was just like, oh my God, it, Erica, it, Erica. Um, so that was great. And her and I talk on Instagram maybe a couple of times a week and kind of, you know, know what's going on with the other one. And um, yeah, so that was great. Um, comedians are always great to have. Um, but they're also intimidating to have because you have to be able to keep up with the comedian and a comedian, you never know what they're going to say, how they're going to react because a comedian will take your show over and talk about you and make you sit in a corner on your own show. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, 
Well, one of the things, I mean, we've had Adam Bob, who is hilarious. hilarious. Um, he was the guy that I kept saying had, like, he was shaped like he had spina, spina bifida. Yeah. Yeah. SpongeBob. Adam SpongeBob. Yeah, the Spina Bifida of America Association sent me a couple of letters. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, a couple of other comics we had. Uh, uh, Benjamin Daniel. He was very funny. He was funny. He reminds me of, um, I don't know if anyone remembers that actor, DJ Quails who a lot yes. of people said looked like a white Snoop Dogg because he's just tall, lanky, big ears. Um, he was really good. He was, I mean, he was a guest that came in and said, offered, immediately offered weed, which I thought was very kind of him. Um, <laughs> and that was good. Uh, he, you know, we had fun, even though he was talking about his history of drug abuse and rehab. Um, so, but it was still, I love having comedians on the show because it's so fast-paced and it's just, they can keep up with me. I can keep up with them. So it's great. Who do you not like having on the show? Who's been your least favorite? You don't have to name names, although you might. Who's um, been your least favorite, either guest or type of guest? Nonprofit people. Are... <laughs> <laughs> um, when we have had non people from nonprofit agencies on the show, they are total snores. But as soon as the show is done, they are turned up. I'm like, well, why would you like that on the show? They're like, oh, we were nervous and we have to. Yeah, so um, those have been the worst um, by far. Uh, but, but it's just like, you're, you know, you're meeting these people for the first time when they come in for, to be interviewed. And you're just like, oh, my God, they are so boring. And then we're done with the show and they'd be like, open a beer. Start to, I'm like, what the? Why didn't you do that when we were recording? Like, why did you make the show so boring? <laughs> so. <laughs> who's um who's been your favorite guest or favorite type of guest? Uh, aside from comedians, of course, like having, uh, I got to interview Erica Rose. Got to interview uh, Money Cachette from Little Women Atlanta. Uh, I think Kel Lowry from Team Mom was probably uh. Well, I would say she might have been my favorite. Mm -hmm. That was another fangirl moment. I mean, I've known this girl since she was 16 and pregnant. <laughs> you know, well, you um, didn't know her. <laughs> I do know her. Okay. I do. I know her. Um, so that was great. So it's always funny to hear their reaction to the fact that you really are a fan of theirs and you know so much. So it was, that's always cool because like, no, when I say I'm a fan of yours, that means I am a fan. Because if I don't like it, I'll be like, I don't like it, but we still don't do the show together. Um, so yeah, those have been uh, the most fun. And when we have musicians come in, um, they're fun, um, uh, as well. Um, there's usually alcohol involved. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, how do you enjoy that? Um, no, Hennessy I don't enjoy when, our, when it. singer Sterling comes in, mm -mm. my liver can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> you dehydrated my liver singer Sterling. <laughs> That's way more Hennessy than it is cranberry juice. <laughs> I need cranberry juice with a splash of Hennessy, not the other way around. So, yeah. <laughs> what um, what do you regret most, or like, do you have any regrets so far, or what 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 would you look back at this point and go, man, I wish I hadn't have done that? Oh God! So there is one moment. <sighs> Luckily, it was not on air. It was immediately afterwards. I had a guest who, I mean. She looked pregnant. And so after the show, I was like, well, when did your baby do? Oh, I'm not pregnant. I know, I know. My friends keep telling me, like, it was just like a skinny body 
and then a six-month pregnancy stomach. And I was like, I had to recover because how horrible, how horrific. I had to recover. I was like, girl, you need to drink you some apple cider vinegar. That's all that stress you're under. You drink you some apple cider vinegar, so it'll go, and your stomach will be flat again. So that was one of the most embarrassing moments. Oh, I was mortified, but I quickly recovered. Thank God she had some bitchy-ass friends that already told her she looked pregnant, so I didn't feel so bad. Um, that was, I would say that has been the most embarrassing moment and i was so glad that it wasn't actually on air because i would have been like you need to edit that completely out producer james <laughs> please yes so i mean so how do you feel about the fact that we don't do much editing out i mean most you know some shows they'll record for five hours and they'll just broadcast an hour or so we mm -hmm. we we're raw is that mm -hmm. does that is that feel okay to you do you yeah. like that i mean do you mm -hmm. like that kind of because it's, it's so it's authentic it is what it is you guys have heard me snot on air you've heard me sniff on air you've heard me burp in a microphone you have heard us get into our argu baby arguments um <laughs> you have seen pieces of the set fall you have seen it all um so that's what makes it great but we're able to keep still keep with the flow of our show format so what do you want? I mean, what's, what's the future look like? What's the, what, what do you want to turn this into one day? I mean, it'd be lovely if we were like a little show on television or I became like one of the real housewives of Houston cast members. <laughs> I may have to find a richer husband though, James. I'm sorry. It's just, yeah, what you make is not, it's a little bit below the requirement for a social life. Mm. <laughs> No, he makes good money. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, I like talking, entertaining people. It's fun. It's funny. I figure if I can make someone laugh one hour a week, then great. And we've helped a lot of people too. I mean, our show is comedy-based, but we have had some really importantly topic shows. What do you think was the, the most probably either most important topic or the maybe the most impactful thing that we've done? Um, mom, 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 mom. I think we were able to help someone who had a missing sister mm -hmm. to get more attention. Um, I do like having politi local politicians on the show because it gives, uh, it gives people a chance to see them not be so much of a politician. Um, and I'm trying to think. We've done some good things. I mean, we've had, like, the animal shelter people here. Uh, we've exposed people here, too. Ooh. Ooh. Tell me. We love to expose shit. Tell me about your favorite expose that we did, or that you did. Yeah, it was a, a fake-ass PR person um, running around stealing people's money and making up lies and um yeah we totally blasted her ass on tv and, and we have people that contact us and say hey this is what's going on and we need attention drawn to this like we had uh, a mom who had a son who was handicapped and went to an amusement resort local one and there was no handicap what was it? Ramps or entrances or something like that? There was. You, there they was couldn't no be ramp found. And the yeah. elevator was broke. Um, like and then we've broke. had the breastfeeding mom who got kicked out of the pool. 
Um, usually when there's something that someone wants to, things to get hurt, they come to us and we get it out there. It's just like, oh, sometimes you got to sleep with the devil. So we've done some, uh, we've done some remotes. Um, tell me about going to the prison. Oh yeah, totally forgot about that. Yeah. We, uh, actually did a prison interview. Uh, I was a little bit salty because producer James set it up on my damn birthday. I just, even Skylar, my daughter, ever will bring it up. Remember that time he had made you do not just work on your birthday, but he made you go to a prison on your birthday. I was like, I know, I know, he doesn't love me. Um, so we brought some attention to that, um, which I'm glad for moments like that because it gets to show the range of the show. Yes, the format is comedy-based, but I'm proud of myself for being able to do um, interviews such as that. Because, you know, we... We are meeting people, and people are trusting us to get their stories out. Um, so that's always great, uh, because when it comes down to the core of it, we really are all about helping people and helping people in our community. Um, I don't always appreciate having to drive for six hours on my birthday to do it. And did we have to like take off almost all of our clothes to get through the fucking prison? <laughs> then that particular day, I had like 55 bobby pins in my hair. I was just like, I'm so pissed off. I am so fucking pissed off. I actually said, if I have to take something else off, I'm just not going to go in. Don't let me in. I'm not, I'm, I don't know. We're not going in. Um, the wind was blowing bad. My hair was a mess. And I'm like, oh my God. And then, you know, you meet this person who, you know, has claimed to be innocent. And the story was just horrible, uh, just sad and just a total uh, miscarriage of justice. And you just forget all about it. You know, you forget about how you look and all these things just are not even important anymore. That was that was a really good moment. I it mean, was. So what's been your what's been your favorite moment? Ooh. Like what thing just sticks out like, damn, I'm proud of that. Or that's my favorite thing that's happened. You know, I will say I interviewed some kids from Dickinson High School, the theater department. They came on the show. And I think I like it so much because um, the parents were, some of the parents were not pleased about them coming on the show. They're like, do you realize that she has a segment called Bitch Please? And I'm like, motherfuckers, I'm a professional. Okay, I, I think people think that I can't do a clean show. I'm like, I can do a clean show. Um, so we had the kids come on there, which was so much fun because I was a theater kid and I didn't cuss, but I kept making reference to the fact that I couldn't cuss. And then um, instead of Bitch Please, we played a game where they had to name that song. I was reading song lyrics, rap lyrics in a horribly British accent, and they had to guess it. So that was really fun. Uh, we had uh, one of our, the local animal shelters directors here. And again, it's one of those situations where like, you know, they're talking about their job. So I got to watch what I say. So we didn't do bitch please, but we did name that booty hole, which was producer James had a collection of animal buttholes that he would just put up and she and I, because I didn't know what they were, we had to guess what animal it was from. I was drunk when I left. Uh, I am not real versed in animal anuses at all. <laughs> um, um, it, yeah, it, it is surprising how some of the animal kingdom's assholes are. It's just like, that's horrible. What was God thinking when he did that? Like, he had to, ew, why? Huh? <laughs> why is it green? So, yeah, that was, that was fun.
I think my favorite so far has been when we did the uh, uh, Scrooston Soul remote and you got put right in front of 97.9 mm-hmm. and you got all the interviews mm-hmm. that night with mm-hmm. that folks. I, I was... I was really proud of that. Yeah, that was another situation where I was pure pissed off. Uh, because <laughs> of course. Uh, that, there, there's a lot of sh- Most shows are me being pure pissed off. So we get there. Um, it's at night. It is in downtown Houston, which I'm the person that when I go to Target, they, they, they call me a parking lot shark because I'm going to circle around that parking lot. I don't care if I got to do it 50 times for the front parking spot. This place, we had to park in a parking garage. James had to carry all of our equipment because uh, I didn't help because uh, my job was to be cute and try not to fall in the shoes that I had on. And we had to walk how many blocks? It's like two blocks. Two, it felt blocks, like 50. Which is a long way when you're holding equipment. Yeah, and when you're trying to look cute. Um, I, it felt like 50 blocks. I was so fucking pissed off when we got I was like, no one talked to me. But, of course, you can't say that. Hi. Hi, everyone. Oh, hi. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, I was really pissed off about that. But it was a great, it turned out great. Um, and uh, Comic Palooza yes. was a highlight for us. You know, okay. we got invited to come. We got invited to um Live broadcast in the middle of Comic Palooza. We had to submit uh, topics and they had to get it approved. I think Scholar gave us our topic, right? I think she did. Yeah. Yeah. I think she we did. talked about was it colorism or the rise of it's or the, the lack of black superheroes or something like that? It was, it was just talking about uh, minority superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the rise of the minority superhero. Yes. So, um, we broadcast it live there. And again, there was, this was, uh, first of all, I, I had never been a comic palooza. I'm like, I'm not going to that nerdy ass shit. James goes yearly. I ain't going to that. Um, it was amazing. I loved it. I fangirled out. There's so many dope ass artists that were there, but we, we, once again, we were walking into a situation that we knew nothing about. Like we didn't know where we were going to set up, how we were going to set up. We had our equipment and literally we were in the middle of comic palooza, which is at the George R. Brown Convention Center. Yep. Podcasting. And we were the only podcast that actually drew in a crowd. Yep. Um, we were funny. We talked about people that passed by. We kept with the topic. Um, we had a really good time. And then the following day, we were invited to be part of a podcast panel. And that was the moment that I realized that we were on a different level. Um, because all the people that were on the panel with us, first of all, they were all guys. Um, none of them did solo shows. None of them did, uh, video, like none of their stuff was video. None of them had paying sponsors, none of that. Um, and they were getting advice from us. Um, and we'd only been doing it like maybe a year. About a year at that point. Yeah. So they were, and, and we've kept up with that community as well. Um, that's when I was like, okay, maybe we are. Maybe we're doing something. Doing right. something right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was great. And um, you know, I'm a whore when it comes to like a show boating. Shit. I'm like, I got a press pass. <laughs> press pass. <laughs> yes. Do you want to take? Do you want to see my press pass? So um, that was pretty cool. Um, but I like the fact that we still are just us because even after we had just you know, had this big thing happen to us at Comic Palooza. 
soon as we leave, like, oh, we're, oh, let's go get ice cream. That's just how we are, you know. Um, I think our following, per, our reach per month now, what is it? I mean, total everything. It's a, it's over half a million people. Ha over half a million people across all the platforms hear, yeah. hear you. So I think basically. we just, like, recently broke onto the podcasting charts in France. Probably vous français. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, the, uh, the episode with Kale Lowry with yeah. the spike. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you showed up in France and Denmark and Great Britain. And I mean, I talk to people that are fans of the show that, like, live in South Africa. That's pretty cool. Um, that's And, and that's regularly. Um, so that's really pretty cool because, honestly, once when we do the show, I don't even really think of that people are listening. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's just something that we do every Wednesday. <laughs> you know what I mean? But people are actually listening to that. Like, I have been in places and gotten spotted. And um, people are like, hey, are you? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but every time it has happened, I have been with someone. So the first time it happened, I was with my best friend. And this lady's like, oh, my gosh, there's so, something so familiar about you. I'm like, oh, okay. Y'all think I, we all look alike. What's new? Um, and she's like, your voice is so familiar. Are you that Libra launch? And my best friend, that's her. Uh-huh, that's my best friend. That's her as a Libra. I'm like, oh, my God. Um, and the next time I think I was with Skylar, it's just, and to me, I'm just like, eh, hi. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I had somebody at H-E-B recognize me as producer James. But, tell, cool. but okay, what he's not telling you guys is that producer James has two phones. He's got two phones. He don't know that song. Anyway, he's got a personal phone and then he has his uh, work phone. But the screensaver on both phones are pictures of me. So the woman actually saw the picture of me on his phone, mm -hmm. which is a fucking weird that he has that. And, and it's not like, it's, they're not family pictures. It is pictures of me. Different, the, each phone is a different picture because I look good. Um, and he, he was, a woman saw it and she watched the show and I was just like, that is cray. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit cray. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Keish. Yes. What, if you could change anything about the show, what would you want to change? Uh, uh getting paid. I would, I would, I would love to receive a check every month or every show. I mean, that is what I would change. Um, other than that, oh, I, I would like to get to a place where we've got uh, comment people that come in, mm -hmm. like regular people, like have a segment to talk about certain things. That would be great. Uh, we are still at the level where he, everything is him and I, and we do everything. And to be honest, he does a ma great majority of the work. He does all of the editing, producing. I run the social media pages and do, you know, do the show layout on the show. He's the one who sends out emails to get guests. And, and, I, and I try to get Act Diva. And I'm like, I'm not talking to him. They need to go through the producer. So he, he, <laughs> he handles all of that. Um, like there's times he's like, hey. You're going to be interviewing so I'm like, oh, really? So I don't even try to seek out guests anymore. They either contact us or producer James has reached out to them. Um, it is truly a labor of love. I will say that. Um, so I know some uh, shows have started doing, or some podcasts have started doing like um, live shows, things mm -hmm. like that. Is that something you'd like to do? Yeah. As soon as this Corona thing that we have going on is done. Um, <laughs> or we all die from the vaccine. Um, I would, I, yeah, I can't, I'm so excited because we've got other like 
podcasters in the Houston area that we're friends with, and we all want to do a live show together. So I really am looking forward to that. Um, it, 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 there's something about feeding off of other people that's great. It just changes. There's a shift in the energy in the room. You know, you're, you're talking with people that understand you know what I mean like we all do different things like we've mm -hmm. got the girls from the sex and horror po podcast we've got the cult 45 podcast and we all do different things but we all have like six senses of humor that we just get see I think it'd be a great show if we got you know um, you a couple of those uh, other shows mm -hmm. and then get some of our comic friends to do yeah. a little time in between just make yeah. it a whole thing yeah I think That'd that yeah I'm really looking um, forward today uh, to the day that we can do that um, we just got to get past Krampus that's gonna be coming here on <laughs> December 25th and um, you know we just all trying to make it to 2021 um, but yeah I cannot wait to do that I'm very it's nervous it's scary because you are in front of a live audience. But I mean, if someone tries to heckle us, you know, I'll fight a hoe in a minute. It ain't, it ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Um, but yeah, I just can't wait to be around those people again and just us entertaining a crowd would be great. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think we covered everything. I think we covered everything. Um, we are so grateful to each and every one of you for supporting us listening to the show, telling people about the show, interacting with us on social media. Um, I mean, if it weren't for y'all, I mean, it would be just, you know, you, you guys, when I feel like, oh, I don't want to do this, and then you get a message from someone who watches the show, and oh my gosh, I can relate to that, or if you haven't done a show, they message say, hey, where's the show? You know, you really kind of... Uh, forget that there's people out there that actually look forward to seeing your face and hearing what you have to say every week because now I do listen to podcasts that's all I do is listen to podcasts and I fangirl on you know different podcasts and it's weird that people just like I listen every week to certain podcasts I can't wait to hear it there's people that feel that way about our show and it's just kind of surreal in a way um that that's happening and we just want it to grow bigger and we want to reach more people make people laugh and share our stories with the world and talk about celebrities and um yeah. we want to get paid and I mean, piss some must, people off we must y'all piss the people off i do that on a regular like that is like a fucking hobby like if i had <laughs> to get if i had to get a resume together right now I would put that on a job. Like, I do this all the time, and I'm really good at it. Um, real good at it. So good that it pisses people off. Um, um, so, yeah, that's, that's really it in a nutshell, and I just can't believe that we've done 100 shows because it doesn't feel like it at all. Um, so keep listening to us. Um, we love you. We appreciate you. And um, just stay tuned because there's more to come. We out, bitches. Bye-bye. It's the Needle Lounge. The Needle Lounge. Ooh.